Good afternoon. My name is Jamar Williams, and I've had the pleasure of serving here at Newcastle for the past 10 months. It's been such a joy to serve this church. And I just want to thank this church family for all the encouragement and all the prayers that you have done for me. And to my family and my friends, many of you who are here tonight, thank you for your support and all your love. I truly appreciate it. Now, we're gathered here tonight for Good Friday. Good Friday is a great time for us to celebrate Christ's death and his resurrection. So if you have your Bibles, please open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is my first time preaching to you as a whole congregation. Actually, it's my first time preaching to any congregation. <laughs> but I just want you to know that I'm not preaching any new doctrine. I'm not preaching a personal revelation. I'm just here to preach the word. As we will see in the text, Paul is just delivering what he received. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to deliver what I have received and it has the power to give you eternal life. So if you're able, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Now I will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. You may be seated. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. It's a blessing anytime we can come in your house. I'm praying that as your word goes forth today, may it transform hearts. May you open somebody's eyes tonight to see the beauty of Christ. Lord, be with me as I proclaim your word. Help me worship you. Help me glorify you, Lord. Help us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What's most important? What's most important is what this text says. I'm going to deliver to you that of first importance. So what's most important to you? If you don't know, think about it. It could be whatever you spend the most of your money on, or whatever you spend most of your time doing, or it could be whatever you think about the most. That could be what's most important to you. It could be your marriage, your kids, your job, school. It could be money. It could be your pleasure, your health. Now, I'm not saying those things aren't important. I'm just here to tell you what's most important. Now, those things are important, but they don't have the power to give you eternal life. What I'm here to share with you tonight has the power to give you eternal life. So your marriage, your, your wife or your husband, your relationship, they could leave you one day, 
or they could eventually they will pass away. Your kids, eventually, they will grow up and leave the home. Your job, you could get fired, you could get laid off. The job could go bankrupt. You never know what could happen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us what should be most important in our lives. So we have gathered here for Good Friday. And a Good Friday is a time where we can reestablish or reset ourselves to what should be most important. So you have to listen to me tonight. I don't want you to miss it. So this truth wasn't just important for the Corinthians. It's also important to us. I know some things may be important for a moment, and then it's no longer important anymore. Like what you had for dinner last Friday. It was probably really important then, but it's not important anymore. But this truth will always be important, no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're having the best time of your life, it seems like everything is going great, or things are going horrible and it seems like nothing can go right. This truth will never change. So here's what I'm going to talk about tonight. We're just going to walk through verses 3 and 4, phrase by phrase. And I'm going to tell you two stories to help us see what's really important. First, we look at that Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one that came to save the world. The one who was said to be born of the Holy Spirit by the Virgin Mary. The one who as a boy was about his father's business. The one that was baptized by his big cousin John in the River Jordan. And as he was baptized, the heavens opened and the spirit came down like a dove and rested upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is Jesus, the anointed one. So we looked at his anointing. Now we will look at Jesus's ministry while he was here on earth. The spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus to proclaim the good news to the poor. Jesus went, Jesus went all around preaching the good news to those that were in poverty. Who in here is poor tonight? Now, I'm not talking about what's in your pockets or what's in your bank account. I'm talking about spiritually. Who in here is living a life without Christ or just a little bit of him? Jesus came to enrich you spiritually. Jesus also came to proclaim liberty to the captives. And, to re and the recovery of sight to the blind. Now, Jesus didn't come to save everybody that's in prison. He didn't come to let them out. But those that are in bondage are locked up in the spirit. Jesus came to set you free. And he healed many people while he was here. So he opened many eyes physically, but also spiritually. So who in here tonight is blind? Who can't see how beautiful Christ is? Jesus came to open your eyes. I pray that your eyes become open tonight. Jesus also came to liberate those who are being oppressed. Again, I think he's talking about spiritually oppressed. 
What, what has a hold on you that feels like it just won't let you go? Jesus is here to set you free from whatever it is that may be holding your spirit down. Now, Jesus is the one who performed miracles. And he is the one that healed the sick. Jesus is the one that never sinned. He healed the blind. He made the lame walk. He raised the dead. He preached the gospel. But he died. He died. Now we're just, now we just talked about Jesus, his anointing and his ministry here on earth. Now we're going to look at his death. So we'll go back a little bit. So it all started when his friend Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And then the Roman soldiers came and captured him. I wouldn't say they captured him. He went willingly with them. And then he was brought before different religious leaders. They beat him. They spit on him. They mocked him. And eventually, they hung him on the cross. And on this cross, he suffered. He suffered. But on that cross, he, tell, he finally tells the Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And then he breathed his last breath. The Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, was dead. He died with no love lost for those people, that, those people who were killing him. So now I just want to pause right there for a moment. Just remember that. Now I'm going to tell you guys a story. So it starts in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers. It's about God's people and Moses. So Moses is the leader of God's people. And they were in the wilderness because they had just been delivered from Egypt. And in the wilderness, the people grew impatient and they started complaining. They started complaining to God about the food and the water that, they, that God was providing for them. So what do you think was most important to them in those moments? And because of they complained, God sent fiery serpents upon the people. So snakes were all over and it bit many people and many people died. Now the people realize that they have sinned against God and Moses. And they ask Moses to pray to God and he does. And God is so gracious and kind that he makes a way for them to be saved. So he tells Moses to make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And all the people that were bitten, all they had to do was look at this bronze serpent on a pole and they will be healed. Well, they will be saved. So what do you think became most important to those people? Just to say, everybody in here is bitten. Now, would the serpent be important to you? Looking up on that bronze serpent? I believe it would. So just like Moses lifted up the bronze serpent, Jesus told his disciples that he must be lifted up so that all of us may have eternal life. So now that we've heard the story, let's see how it ties into Jesus' death.
Jesus was lifted up on the cross to save the world. And all those who look on him will be saved. I don't know what's important in your life. I don't. But I know Christ's death is important. I know you need to look to something to look for something to save you. And I believe you need to look at Christ. Christ died for you. He died for you to be saved. So what are you looking at? What are you looking at in your life? Are you looking to the savior that God provided? The Son of Man was lifted up so that he could draw all man to himself. Christ had died. Why did he have to die? Could, have, could there have been another way? Now we looked at his death. Now we will look at why he died. He died for our sins, for my sin, for your sin, for everyone's sin. Sin is anything we think, do, or say that's opposite of God's design. Sin is perversion of the heart. It's missing the mark. The mark is at the foot of the cross, but we all walk this way. And there's no way that we can get there. So let me illustrate this story for us again. So I'm going to tell you another one. So I'm in the Old Testament again, coming from the book of Exodus. Moses and the people. So this time, Moses and the people of Israel are being held captive. Being held, they are being enslaved by the Egyptians. And Pharaoh, their king, won't let the Israelites go. So God makes a plan. The plan is to slay all the firstborn of the land. So all the firstborn of the land of Egypt are going to die. But he tells Moses to tell his people to find a perfect lamb, a lamb without blemish, and put the blood of this lamb on their doorposts. So when God passes over, he will see that blood on their doorposts, and his judgment won't rain upon them. So how important do you think that lamb became to the people of Israel? I believe it became very important. So God passes judgment on Egypt, and, and the Egyptians are slain, all their firstborn, and cattle. And the Israelites, they made sure they had that blood on their doorposts, so God will pass over them. So now that we've seen this illustration, we see how Christ is our Passover lamb. He is the reason that death passes over us. This is the good news. The bad news is if, if Christ isn't your Passover lamb, if you're not covered by the blood of Christ, you will be punished. We all deserve death. We all deserve hell. We all deserve to be thrown into the lake of fire for our sins against the holy God. But he provided a way out, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. 
So if, the, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him because there's nothing covering your sin. God sees your sin and he's going to punish you for your sin. Not only did he die for our sins, but when he died, he clothed us in his righteousness. So the father no longer, no, no longer looks at our sin, but he looks at us clothed in his son's righteousness. But like I say, if Jesus isn't your Lord, then you will pay for your sins. If you don't trust and believe in Christ, you're not covered by the blood of the lamb. God sees your sin, and you will be judged. It's good news that Jesus died for our sins, because one day we will spend eternity with him. We don't have to go to hell for our sins. Jesus paid the price for us. Look upon the Lamb today and believe that he is the Messiah, the one who died on the cross for our sins and clothed us in his righteousness. Believe in him and live your life like he's most important. Christ died for our sins, and after his death, something amazing happened. with the scripture so we just talked about Christ's death and we talked about why he died for our sins now we're going to go on to accordance with the scriptures the last half of verse 3 so I believe Paul told the Corinthians that Christ died in accordance with the scriptures because it's in line with the scriptures right Christ just didn't die, but it lines up with the scriptures. God's promises come true. So, so Paul could have told them that I know it's true because of my testimony. So Paul has an amazing testimony that he was once a persecutor of Christians. He once wanted Christians, made sure Christians was dead. But when he was on the road to Damascus, Jesus spoke to him, and he believed, it, and it com completely changed his life, just like it can do for you. No matter what you have done, Jesus can change your life. Now, Paul didn't use his testimony first, or the fact that he probably heard many other people's testimonies. He used according to the scriptures. I believe he used that because that is the highest authority. The scriptures start with God as the source, and they are inspired by man of God through the Holy Spirit. The scriptures are breathed out by God, and every word comes from God. The scriptures prophesy Christ coming to deliver his people in many different places throughout the Bible but we don't have enough time to go through them all. 
but we've seen how God has con continually delivered his people as we've been going through the more than a children's story. But so we're going to look at the prophet Isaiah. We're going to look at the book of Isaiah in chapter 53, looking at verse 4. It's on the back of your notes if you, if you pick one up. Fourth verse says, Surely he bore our griefs and carried out our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Jesus took our pain, our sadness, our guilt and shame, all those things that come from sin, from the sin of this world, from the sin we commit to others, from the sin that is committed to us. Jesus took that so we no longer have to live in brokenness because Christ has carried all our sorrows with him to the cross. They assumed that God was punished for something he did, but he did nothing wrong. He lived the perfect life in complete obedience to the Father. And he just took on the wrath of God that we deserve. Now, looking at verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Jesus was beaten. His hand and feet were nailed to the cross. He went through all this suffering to fulfill the scriptures. For us to be healed, to have, for us to be healed in our relationship with God, for us to have peace with God, Jesus had to suffer. <clears throat> this is the important truth. This is important because we must know why Jesus came to suffer. He fulfilled the scriptures by dying on the cross for us. The Bible points to him as our savior. The, prophesies, the prophets prophesied Christ coming and he came. They prophesied his death and it happened. There's many more prophecies in the Bible that haven't came true yet. But I know there's one that we're all looking forward to. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. This truth is important. It's what God says important to you. Are you living your life according to the scriptures? Now we have walked through verses three, which says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. I said that many of times tonight. I hope you guys remember that. The last verse we will look at is verse 4, and we're going to run through that verse, so you don't need the word. Verse 4 says, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, 
in accordance with the scriptures. The most important news is our Savior died for our sins. But he also rose again the third day. That's the simple gospel, that Jesus died for our sins and he rose again the third day. That's the most important thing. It shouldn't be your wife or your husband, your marriage, your relationship. It shouldn't be your kids. It shouldn't be your job, your money. It shouldn't be that. It should be Christ because he's the one who died for you to have eternal life. Now, if you don't know Christ, if you're not covered by the blood, if you're not looking at the Savior, you need to because eventually you will pay for the sins that you have committed. And Christ is so beautiful. You should look on to him. If you have trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, Paul told the Corinthians to hold fast, hold on to it. I know it gets weary. I know we have seasons where we don't feel like reading the Bible, where we don't feel like going to church, even when we don't feel like praying. But we have to hold on to Christ. He is the one that saves us. Next, we're going to sing a song. And after that, we will have communion. Um, I would love to talk to you more about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But that's not my assignment here tonight. I'm here tonight just to point you guys to the cross. But you got to make sure that you're here Easter Sunday because Pastor Kevin is preaching a great message about the resurrection. So as we get ready to sing a song and then take part in communion, just remembering Jesus' death and how he died on the cross for our sins and rose again the third day, knowing that he is the Lamb of God, that his blood covers us, that he is the one that we should look upon. We proclaim his death as we drink the cup and take the bread. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to proclaim your word tonight. May it transform us, Lord. May we realize that you are the most important thing in our life. Please be with us as we go from here. Help us to hold on to Christ. Help us to come to Christ. We love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs>